Oh, what a great name. Name of Jesus. Thank you for being faithful on a Wednesday night. We're going to turn to the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 41. Sister Danielle, it's the scriptures I used two weeks, two Wednesdays ago. They should be on there somewhere. I've added a few, but just do your magic and it'll happen. We're just thankful for everyone that makes their way out on a Wednesday, especially on just a good old hot Wednesday like today. I mean, it was hot. Brother Morgan, I mean, I know you'd sit in AC all day, but the rest of us. No, Brother Morgan's cuts grass for a living. Well, he has people cut grass for a living. It's hot out there. And uh, the Lord has just been blessing us and ministering to us. Oh, how he spoke to us on Sunday about his word. And uh, I just want to devour his word. Amen. And speaking of that, if, if um, you're not receiving through the Bible studies that pastor puts out uh, in the mornings, be sure I get your email so I can uh, add it. Added to that. We're excited about our quizzers making that long trip, going to nationals. And, and every time, they've been several years now, they always come back uh, just doing fantastic. And we're believing the Lord, going to be praying with them to just go all the way. And they, um, they air that, right, or online or something. I think you can see it. So, Brother Cooper, Brother Sean, be sure I get that information. I'll share it with everybody. And they can go and see when our youngins are quizzing, if they, if they make that available to us. Um, I want to reiterate with Brother uh, Sapp. Sister Sonia Law has had uh, surgery, and she, major surgery, and she's going to be uh, unable to um, do the wifely things for the next few uh, days and possibly week or two. So please, ladies, uh, gentlemen, if uh, you can fix a meal, see my wife, and she'll tell you what day. And if you don't can't find the time to cook it, then uh, just go buy it. But let's take care. She's one of ours. She's been faithful for years. We want to take care of her. I'm going to continue tonight. What we uh, talked about a couple of weeks ago. And I'm talking about, everyone say, a life change for evangelism. Brother, I know that's probably keeping y'all cool, but that fan is bothering me. And uh, a couple of the brethren in the church took me out to the shooting range yesterday. And uh, I'm kind of trying to recuperate that. I can't even remember who they were. I'm looking at them, but it messed with my brain so much. One of them had a gun called a 460. You ever heard of that? If you have, you can't hear anymore. Because once it goes off, there is no more hearing. It's over. I had things in my ears, and I had my hands over my ears. And it still made my eardrums touch on the inside of my head when it went off. They, they went from both sides. Touched on the inside, it was so, so loud. And uh, so anyway, uh, we might do it again in about 10, 15 years. Let's, uh, let's get together and talk about it. 
book of Acts chapter 2, verse 41. So everyone say, a life change for evangelism. And I, this is our Wednesday night crowd. You can be seated. I, no reason to make you stand. You, I know you'll stand in your heart as I read the word and as we uh, make our way through this. And I, I know that the, the crowd tonight, that we would all be the first to admit that to really fulfill the commission that God has called us to do. Remember a few Sundays ago we talked about that. What is the one only true calling? To reach the loss. Everything else facilitates that. You understand that, right? Everything else in the Bible, pastors, apostles, and prophets, and teachers, and, and all of the positions of the church, and everything that goes on that God's Word has established facilitates the one calling to every individual that ever comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is to reach the loss. When they asked him, um, basically asked him, why are you here? He said, there's only one reason I'm here. I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. And when we become a part of the kingdom of God, then God's desire, God's goals, his ambition, his Drive his purpose in the universe, his purpose on this earth must become our purpose. In fact, the only way that you and I will ever really have purpose in the earth is when we line up our purpose with his purpose. Can you say amen to that? His word tells us that we can accomplish a lot of things in this world. We can do a lot of things, but when we stand in judgment, everything that is hoodway, hoodway, everything, I'm telling you, those gunshots, I, I'm messing with my ability to think here. Everything that is wood, hay, and stubble, he said it's just going to burn up. And, and the wind is just going to blow it away like it does shaft when they're trying to sift through the corn and and get what is uh, really valuable. They, they'll take that, that sheet with the, with the shaft and the trash and the corn. And they'll throw it up in the air. The weed or corn, whatever they get them with. They'll throw it up in the air. And it'll go up. And the heavy stuff, the weed or the corn will make its way back down. But the wind will catch all the dried up shaft and just uh, blow it away. And so when we stand before the Lord... The only thing that's going to mean anything, and we touched on this a couple of Wednesdays ago, is that we stand before Him with an eternal soul. Amen? Amen. And so the, the scripture that we read, Acts chapter 2, verse number 41, then they, everyone say, gladly received. And so we're dealing here when Simon Peter began or was uh, preaching the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost had been poured out. And Simon staggers out of the upper room, and he comes to the to the conclusion of that of that word. And men and brethren, what shall we do? Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. He says in verse thirty-eight, and uh, and then in verse number forty-one, it says, "They that 
gladly received the word of God, were baptized. In verse 42, it tells us they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Verse 43 tells us, and fear came upon every soul. And verse 44 says, and all that believed were together. Everybody say together. They were together. 45 says they sold their possessions, their goods. They parted them to all men and every man uh, uh, as every man had need. And as they continued daily, they continued daily with one accord in the temple and the breaking of bread. Everyone say from house to house. And they did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, having, uh, having favor uh, with all the people. And the Lord added to the church uh, daily, such as should be saved. So, Father, we ask you to touch us tonight, our hearts and our minds and our spirits. And let us open, open up our hearts to the word, as Pastor Sapp mentioned earlier. God, that we would open our hearts and our minds and our spirits. That we would receive the word of God. That when it comes into us, oh God, that we will be able to assimilate it. Lord, that it will become a part of us. And, and that our lives will be changed in such a way as to facilitate reaching a soul. God, that we rearrange things in our life that we can make room to reach a lost soul and to disciple them for you. Father, that is our prayer. I pray that for this congregation tonight. I pray that for every one of us. Oh, God, change us, mold us, reshape us. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Reshape us, Lord, that our thinking is like your thinking, that everything about us is about reaching the loss and building the kingdom of God. Lord, about snatching someone out of the very clutches of hell itself, going to the very gates of hell, reaching into the very fiery flame, as the Bible tells us, and snatching them out of a burning fire. And bringing them into your presence. God help us. Help us to become those people. And everyone say Lord. Help me to be that person. And so real quick. I just want to flow through this. And get to the few things I want to talk about here tonight. But the Bible says they gladly receive the word of the Lord. And I, I dealt with that last a couple of Wednesdays ago. And I, I said that. Uh, you know, uh, if we're here tonight, every one of us can find ourselves in that category. And, and what category is that, Pastor? Where we came to the house of the Lord and the preacher preached and it, and it pricked our heart. And we said, men and brethren, uh, what must we do? And the preacher said, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then what did we do? We responded. We gladly received the word of God. We came down to an altar. We lifted our hands. We repented of our sins. The Lord filled us with his spirit. And then we made our way to the death, burial, and resurrection and baptism. Yes, somebody say, I gladly receive the word of God. Now, most people that have that experience, sadly, uh, that is where their walk in God 
uh, seems to culminate. That's where it seems to sort of uh, kind of hit the brakes and they find themselves day in and day out just coming to the house of the Lord and gladly receiving the word of God. It seems like we reach the place to where all of our sacrifices that we make for the kingdom are somehow attached uh, to us and attached uh, to uh, our benefit. I pay my tithes uh, because I, I know it's going to open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon me. I work in the kingdom because uh, God's going to honor that. And you know, the list goes on and of course none of those things are or bad or wrong. Even Jesus himself said it this way. These things you should have done. But it's the other things I want to talk about to you. That you should not have left undone. And you say amen. And so we continue to talk to a little bit. And we, uh, we found out that not only did they receive the word gladly. But they continue steadfastly. You know, we, uh, we learn the Word of God. We, uh, we digest it. We, we understand the uh, baptism in Jesus' name. We understand the evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. We, we study the Word of God. We learn that we must separate ourselves from this world, come out from among them, and be you separate, uh, saith the Lord, and, I will, uh, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you unto myself. And so we learn these things. We learn that uh, we begin to walk different and talk different and things are different about us. We become faithful to the house of the Lord and we learn things about God and we let these things settle uh, down into our life. But then there's uh, another layer that we talked about. And so we go from gladly receiving the word of God uh, to uh, staying steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. But then the Bible says that fear came upon all of them. Verse 43 says, And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs uh, were done. And we learn that this fear here, uh, that this is a, a type of fear that comes upon you where you recognize the purpose of God. You recognize the work of God, what God has called you to do. You recognize that this is more than just getting in church. It's more than just me being saved and more than my family being saved. But there's a world that's lost. And the fear comes upon me and I understand that this is what God is all about. And that if I'm ever going to be created in His image and if I'm ever truly going to walk and be a mirror unto him to this world if his glory is ever going to reflect off of me into them I must become a passionate soul winner we looked into the word of the Lord and we find out uh, in this fear that I want to so walk like him that if I find my hand doing something uh, and it's not right, I'm going to cut it off. If I find my foot going somewhere that's not right, I'm going to cut it off. Whatever it takes, I'm going to let my life uh, be shaped. Uh, if my eyes see something not right, I'm going to pluck it out. And of course, we know it isn't the physical uh, cutting off the hand or the foot of the eye because, you know, if you leave the other eye, you can still see. And if you got the other hand, you can still do. And if you got the other foot, well, you can't walk, but you can hop. And, and so we, 
we know it's more than the, it's not the physical cut off, but, but it's talking about when I find something in my life that is contrary to him, I'm going to cut it off. If there's something going on, I, I got to get it out. I got I to gotta push it away. Nothing can interfere with me becoming more like him. So whatever I've got to do, I just, I just, I cut it off. And Peter, uh, Paul, the apostle, uh, he took it a step further. And this is where we begin to launch into this message. And, and Paul, the apostle, uh, he lets us know in 2 Corinthians 5 and 11, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Paul, the apostle, recognizing the power, the fear, the wrath of God, the things to come he said I go everywhere as I can and uh, I persuade men to know him to walk uh, with him Mark chapter 9 49 told us for everyone uh, that has salt and lose its saltiness uh, of what value are you anymore in the earth what value are you to the kingdom listen these are powerful words that Jesus is speaking to me and you and basically he's saying that if, if you are not affecting somebody else for him if you're not impacting someone else if your life isn't doing something that's trying to turn somebody away from their darkness into his marvelous light. He said, you've lost your salt. You have no value to the kingdom of God. Ah, my Lord, that means, uh, and I'm not belittling anything, you know that. You know I'm so thankful for all of our uh, musicians and our players and singers and uh, everything that we do in the kingdom. You know we got to have it, and you understand, Pastor, you know that. But those are tools that we use to reach the lost. Those are tools that we use to impact somebody's heart and life. But I must, with all the things that I do in the kingdom, I must make sure that I have not lost my salt when it comes to a world that is lost and dying. We ended yesterday talking about the talents and, and uh, you know, that this was a, a tough parable that the Lord uh, gave and gave five talents to one. He brought five more, gave two to another. He brought two more than that, gave one to another. He buried it. And, uh, and so we know the story. And the Lord uh, uh, looks at him. And uh, we talked about the fact that uh, the only thing that matters when we stand before God is what did we do with what he invested in us. Uh, it's not what we accomplished in this world or how great of a speaker we may be or a singer we may be or other things that we may do or how popular we become. But what did I do What he invested in me? Uh, the power of his spirit, his glory. When I stand before him, I need to be able to present something to him I need to bring something to him it is the fullness of his kingdom it's what it's all about he tells us go into the highways and the byways uh, bring them in we talked about the parable with the sheep and 
the goats and the only thing that was made different from either one of them they all had power they all heal we we deal with the scripture where Lord I stand before you and I cast out devils in your name I, I did miracles in your name I did all of these things God and yet here the sheep and the goats stand before him and in the whole parable is about how did you treat humanity how did you reach out to man how did you proclaim my name what kind of image did you bring to a world that is lost and dying I was in prison you visited me not I was hungry you fed me not I was naked you clothed me not and the list goes on and on and on we know the parable I want to be the sheep I want to be on the right hand I want to hear and say well done thy good and faithful child I trusted you with a few things now and you were faithful now I'm going to give you many things you fed me when I was hungry you clothed me when I was naked you visited me when I was in prison what are you talking about Lord you touched humanity for me you reached to a lost and dying world everywhere you went you touched them for me Touch them for me. Verse 44, and we're going to try to go a little further now, and we'll wrap this, uh, wrap this little set of scriptures up. Everybody else, everybody say, a life change to reach a soul. Verse 44 says, and all that believed were together. Everyone say together. And, uh, you know, that's been the theme of, of, uh, 2019 is togetherness that everything we do let's do it together let's come together let's be a team and you know we might not do it just your way but that's okay put your way aside and let's just let's just hook up and and go pastor's way he happens to be boss and so you know whatever vision he's casting then you know if it's in the book if it's in the bible then let's get in here let's make it happen and let's link up let's go forward let's have revival let's bring the blessings of god into the church unity the bible says that blessings is on unity they had all things together. No wonder the power of God moved. Whatever the Spirit said over here, even if the Spirit didn't say it over here, when over here saw what they were doing, they just kind of joined up and everyone came together and began to work for the kingdom of God. And that's one of the things that we're definitely uh, going to have to have uh, right here uh, in the sanctuary is that we have all got to make up our mind that I am going going to work in the kingdom of God. We're going to bring a, a unity to this place, reaching a world that is lost and dying without Christ. We've got to unify our effort if we're going to make it happen. You know, in human nature, for each of us, we allow life to um, so encompass us and complicate things as we go along we just it's like we just add a, a another layer you know and then a, another layer of complication and a, another layer of complication most of the time it's 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 because we you know we have that dead space we have that open time and other things have a way of filling in those gaps mostly because we're not consciously thinking about the kingdom of God 
It's not running across our mind to say, wow, I've got an extra two hours on three nights a week. I could be teaching a Bible study on those three nights a week. Or I could be going and visiting uh, a nursing home. Or I could uh, go uh, to uh, another place or do this or help here or, or help that. I could have a, a connect group and open up my home and, and, uh, 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 and let my neighbors and my friends and, and members of the church come together and, and uh, fellowship together but those things don't run through our mind do they no we add other things into our life and we pick up a hobby or we decide to do this or go there or whatever the case may be I'm not bringing condemnation here I'm, I'm just talking to us of reality right I mean that's just the way we are uh, it's, it's our nature and so somehow We've got to bring a life change that we start looking for areas in our life that we can incorporate time into reaching the lost. And then if we search our life and we realize there is no time, then we need to back up to some of the layers that we've added on. And we say, now, which one of these layers do I want to peel off? Which one of these areas of time that I filled up with a certain thing or whatever it may be, and I just want to remove that back out of my life so that I can make time to reach the lost for the kingdom. Everybody say a life change for evangelism. And so it's our it is our nature to let our lives get complicated and let things uh, uh, fill them up until we don't have any room left to truly serve God and to fulfill His commandment in our life, which is to go into all of the world. Matthew twenty eight and verse number nineteen. It's the will of God that each of us sincerely look at our life and our habits. Everyone say, my life. And my habits say my home. I believe it's the will of God that each of us look at our life, our habits, and our home. And we ask ourselves, what can I change that will open up my home, open up my life, open up time, remove things out of my life that I might be able to truly do something for the kingdom of God. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and give God praise. I want to bring God's kingdom back into my schedule. Everybody say that. Say, I want to bring God's kingdom into my schedule. We'll never become a soul winner unless we're willing to change certain things and habits of our life. Say, how, do you, how, how can you say that, Pastor? Because you're not a soul winner right now. I'm not going to make you stand up. And tell me the last time you actually taught a Bible study. This is Wednesday night crowd. So I'm just trying to wake us up a little bit. You will never be a soul winner. Never. If you don't change some things in your life. Because me and you have already complicated our lives to the point that we don't have the time to be soul winners. We have wrapped our lives up so much. We have let obstacles, adversities, trials, persecutions, situations, life, things, hobbies, habits, all of that 
so surround us that reaching for the lost has not even been a thought in our minds. It never even crosses your mind. Wow, tell your neighbor, this is a little too hard. All right, I'll lighten it up. Maybe it crossed your mind once. Long time ago. Three days after you received the Holy Ghost. And from there it's been downhill. Am I telling the truth tonight? I know it hurts. Show everybody say life change for evangelism. If we don't do this, we will not become so winners. And it'll be another 10 years before the Lord can actually penetrate that hard shell of ours and touch our hearts again. And we wake up again and realize another 10 years went by and I've really done nothing to reach us all. And then another 10 years. And then we're going to find ourselves at 85 years old, barely being able to walk around. And we're going to have remorse over a lifetime of never reaching for souls the way that we knew we could have and should have. And then it's going to be too late. There's a reason the Bible says to serve God while you are young. There's a reason for that. And so if we're going to become, if we are going to become a soul winner, there are some things about us that are going to have to change. Now, I want to look at these scriptures here just a little bit. So the Bible says uh, all things together. So we have to do this together. This is, and we need to do it together because that's what's going to bring us strength when we get discouraged or uh, overwhelmed, etc. You know, if we're in this together, we can talk to somebody else or with somebody else and, you know, these different uh, kinds of things. So not only do they do all things together, the Bible says that uh, they had all things common. Now, basically what we have here was that the people were willing to use whatever God had given them in order to further the kingdom of God. Some people will say, well, you know, uh, they went out and they sold uh, absolutely, uh, you know, everything that they had. Uh, actually, that is, uh, that is not biblical and it is not true. Because the Bible says a little later on, they broke bread from house to house. So they must have kept their house. And, and But if they had an extra house, maybe they wouldn't sold the extra house and took it and gave it to the kingdom of God. But what they did do, it was they recognized the priority of God's kingdom. Now listen to Pastor for a moment. They recognized the priority of God's kingdom. And they began to look at their life. Now listen to me because this isn't going to feel good, but it's going to help us. They looked at their life and they looked at everything that they were investing their time and their money into that brought no profit to the kingdom of God and they stopped those things and they sold those things and they took all this stuff that they were wasting on the world and the pleasures of the flesh because these were all just worldly people until God came into their life and they realized the kingdom of God had come down and now somebody woke up and said you know what I don't need three houses I really only need one and so maybe I'll sell the other two and help support Paul the apostle 
people to go to Asia. And then they begin to look at all the other things. And, and what, what, what did they do? The Bible says they sold them. They brought it together. Had all things common. And met the needs of the people. And so the focus is this. Look at your life and study it. And say where am I in Investing things, time, money, talent, energy, all of that. That brings no profit. No profit to anything of me or God. It's just going to blow away with the shaft. The hot of the sun is just going to evaporate. And it's no longer going to have any value at all. Those are the things I can take and say, now for the kingdom of God. I'm going to get rid of this, this, this. This, do this and reshape that rechange this rearrange this go here go there do that and I'm going to make it and put it in God's kingdom and I'm going to reach a soul everybody say a life change to evangelize tell your neighbor you're going to have to change some things if you're going to evangelize. Don't let them tell you shut up. Tell them again. Tell them you're going to change some things. If you're going to evangelize. I think one of the things that we need to glean from this was that there was a great harvest amongst these people because they were willing to meet people at the foundation of basic needs. They saw miracles and wonders. But I truly believe that God moved mightily amongst them. Because they were willing to bring all things common. They were willing to look around and say, you know, I don't know, even on a Wednesday night, I don't know how many of our precious Sunday morning people not able to make it to Wednesday night. Maybe they have a, a teenager that should be amongst those teenagers right now. Rubbing shoulders with young men and women that love God, speak in tongues, live right, dress holy, serve God, separate themselves from the things of the world. But they can't be here on Wednesday nights because, well, mom doesn't get off till 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Whatever. Whatever. All things common. Yet I drove here with nobody in my car. Just me. Did we ride together? I came by myself. That shot, those gunshots. Came here, came here all by myself. And I don't even know if there's a teenager out there that I could have went by their home and picked them up and brought them to the church of the house of God tonight in order for them to be back there with their peers rather than sitting home playing their game. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm sure Hot Shot's more than happy to be home. But we know he needs to be here, right? We know she needs to be here. And so my point is, is that they, they were willing to meet 
people at the basic need and bring all things common? Will the day ever truly come that I actually recognize the fact that I am driving God's car? And that I am living in God's house. Will that day ever really come? Because I promise you right now, I do not see it that way. Now, I'm under the anointing up here and I'm preaching to you, so I'm all holy and everything. So it looks like I do see it that way, but I don't. When I get out there in the morning and I crank that car up, I'm getting in my car because I pay the note, but I forgot God gave me the money to do it. There's just no ending on this. It doesn't matter how far back you go or where you go with it. It's his. It's all his. And the Lord's like, man, I've lent you that car. I've lent you that home. And you're just indulging yourself day in and day out on this. And you haven't used it for my kingdom. You haven't uh, taken it and done things for me. And, 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 let, and I got it there because I want to help this person and do this and do that. And I don't have all the answers to that. I'm just saying that as a church, if we can start shifting our thinking just a little bit, I believe God will step in on the scene and he will start opening up the doors. He will make the way. He'll bring them to you. He'll make sure you find out so and so can be picked up so and so needs a Bible study and your home's available to do it open your home up for a connect group where there can be a, a local group in your area in your neighborhood where there's a Bible study give some time of that house back to God give some time of your life and that car back to God because it's all his everyone say life change for evangelism. Am I making any sense tonight? Now this is the main thing that took place in this Acts 238 church. Their lives changed. Their wants, their desires, what they invested their money into, their time, their energy, it all changed. They literally began to fulfill the word of God that said, prefer my brother before myself. They started looking at other people's needs and reaching out. And personally, though the Bible doesn't necessarily stress this, but because the word of the Lord says that God added to the church daily, it seems to say there that they weren't just providing needs of the church but they were blessing people that had not even known him yet. And by meeting them at their basic need, they were bringing them into the fold. And God was adding to the church on a daily basis. People were praying through and being baptized in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Simply because a church began, became together 
all things became common and everything they had began to focus on the kingdom of God. How can I use this for the kingdom of God? Every day, daily, breaking bread in the homes, talking about God, having Bible studies, having home, uh, home church and, and, and doing, uh, doing these things uh, with the Lord. And this is what happened to the church. And because of that, all of the neighbors were affected and began to be touched and redeemed and saved. Listen. I look across this congregation and I am looking at men and women who have who are blessed. We are blessed. Most of you, maybe not all of you, but most of you live in very nice homes and we drive good cars. This is why we're all in debt. So we need to pray and ask the Lord to help us get out of debt. So we give more to the kingdom. Can you say amen to that? All right. Say all things common. They were concerned about one another and about one another's uh, needs in the kingdom. This is, this is the place that you and I are going to have to reach and. And it's not going to happen overnight, but I'm going to tell you, it will bring undeniable, unstoppable revival to this church. If, if no one but the families in, on this Wednesday night service truly began to change our life to fit the kingdom of God. So I'm going to change things and rearrange things to fit the kingdom of God into my life and his kids and reaching for the lost. If just this Wednesday night group of what, I don't know, maybe a hundred sitting out here tonight. If we did that, it would produce an unstoppable revival. Because in your own home. God would start filling people with his spirit. Teaching people about his word. Bringing people to the house of God. And people would just be praying through all over this altar. And being baptized already connected to a wonderful family that is in the church. So look at your neighbor and tell him one more time. I'm telling you. You need a life change. If you're going to evangelize. Let's stand. You know, I think if we can be honest with ourselves, we would, we would say tonight, I, I know it's true for me. We would say tonight, if I am truly going to become a soul winner, I have to change some things in my life. What I do when I do it, how often I do it, whatever it may be. This, this dilly we got going that I'm going to be teaching on, Lord willing, for a couple of weeks with connect groups is the most ideal way for you 
as an individual or a family to truly begin to impact the kingdom of God. Is that you, Walter? Is it Walter? Is it Walter? That's a miracle, son. That I got your name. It's God's will for you to be here. So, I'm so amazed I remembered his name. I forgot what I was saying. See what happens when you start changing your life to get in the will of God? Miracles start coming. Ah, so, you open up your home, and I, I'm done, I'm closing. Just a thought, seed, I'm planting. You open up your home and cause it to be a sanctuary where people can come, be prayed for, be, be ministered to. The pain that's in their hearts, situations, to be ministered to and to be helped. You have just put yourself, I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, you have just put yourself right in the bullseye of God. Because when you start working in his kingdom and bring people that he's been reaching for for years. You don't know that. He does. He's got his eye on you. He's got his blessings on you. His help on you. His strength on you. Yes, he does. And you've put you and your family in a position to truly be able to fulfill the purpose of God in your life. And that's just to make yourself available. And to become common with the people. And to be aware of needs. And to bless them and help them. Pray with them. Share with them. The love of Christ. And so we're going to pray tonight. We're going to ask the Lord. To begin to work on us. Now you know. You have to do more than just hear this message. You're going to have to make a conscience decision. On some small thing that you're going to change. Don't do something huge. Because. It'll be too big and. You'll quit. Just. Just something small. And then after you kind of get that down, you do something small again. You just start turning that knob. And then the next thing you know, you have opened this thing just wide open to begin to reach for the loss. Your life, your time, your habits, your social life is what I mean by that. And in such a way that you've made room. To reach for so. It can happen. And so we're going to ask the Lord tonight to help us. To show us. To speak to us. About something he would like. Where he'd like for us to start. Just some little something we might. 
pushback. Maybe you're used to staying up to 10 o'clock at night and, I don't know, doing something from 9.30 to 10, eating cereal. That's your pleasure. So, Lord, will just help us sort of push these things aside. The next thing you know, you got a two-hour gap of nothing to do. You're going to be like, man, what? I don't have nothing to do. The Lord says, oh, I got plenty for you to do. Plenty for you to do. And he's going he's gonna to put these things in your life. You watch. If we will open ourselves up to it, he will fill those gaps. You make a gap, he'll fill it. If you're doing it for his kingdom. If your purpose is to make room for your li- in your life to fulfill his purpose, he'll, fill, he'll, he'll take up that room if you'll let him. Father, we come to you tonight. I thank you for these wonderful people, Lord, that have sat and listened to your word. God, I, I want the sanctuary. I want the sanctuary to be like that first generation New Testament church. I'm asking you, sweet Jesus, that you would begin to work with us where we would have all things together and all things common. Where we would begin to focus all that you have given us towards the kingdom of God. Instead of wasting time and energies and monies and on things and places that will die and fade away and never add any value to anyone, not even us. Help us to begin to Focus things on the kingdom of God. Bring things together and make things common. And invest in the kingdom of God. Help us to look at our lives and our habits and things in our life, God. And begin to slowly slowly shuffle and move. And and just move things around, Lord. That we could make room for you. Make room for the kingdom. Make room for a soul. God, help us. Help us not to be lazy. Help us not to be selfish of our time, selfish of the things that you've given us, God. Lord, help us to become unselfish and willing to to share it, Lord, and to reach and touch others. Father, I'm asking you, speak this one little thing. Speak it into our lives. Speak it into our heart. God, we pray it in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to make a life change so that we might be an evangelist. Help us, God, to make a life change that we might reach a soul. God, that's what I'm asking you. Help us to do this. Lord, we need to do this. If we're ever going to be a soul winner, something's got to change. Things have to be rearranged, Lord, in our life. We ask it in the wonderful, mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I wonder if you could just lift your hands right now and just thank Him for it. Father, we just thank You. We thank You for Your goodness. We thank You for Your love. We thank You for Your mercy that is upon us, O God. Lord, You're so merciful to us. Every day, Your mercy is renewed upon us. Thank You for being so patient with us, Lord. Work with us, God. Work with us. Help us. We need your help. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We adore you. We magnify your name, Father. Thou art glorious. You are glorious. We love you. We praise you. We adore you. 
Hallelujah. Holy and righteous, Lord. How we thank you. How we love your name, Father. How we love your name. We love you, Lord. We love and praise you. You're wonderful to us, oh God. You're wonderful. You're holy and righteous upon us, oh Lord. Oh, Jesus. Your gentleness rests upon us. You're gentle to us, God. How we love you. How we praise you. How we thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for another opportunity. Thank you for another chance. Thank you for dealing with us, God. Thank you, Lord. Father, we love you. We praise you. In the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So find four, five, six people and tell them I'm going to make a life change. Tell them for his purpose, I'm going to make a life change for his purpose. God bless you. I love you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.